you know, we're on week eight of our family church values. Week eight. We've only got 12, so we've only got five to go with today's. Okay. Yeah, we've always got to fathom, fathom that one out, you know, like how does it work? Who can think of the ones that we've covered so far? Shout them out. Honourable. Honourable. Bible believing. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Christ centered. Yes. Thank you. Oh, you didn't know you were coming to do a test today, did you? Like, <laughs> oh, I hope she doesn't look at me. Oops. Ooh. Okay. How about spiritual? Remember last week we did spiritual? Uh, family. Remember during the family service, we had a great time during the family service. Community minded. That's what that vision offering thing was all about that we are uh, community-minded. So I, I just think when you look at these values like this, I think we are so well-balanced. You might not believe that, but actually I think generally we are well-balanced. We're not in one ditch. We aren't just spiritual. We aren't just Bible-believing. You know, we, we all these things, it's like our DNA is made up of all these different aspects. And so today, like I said earlier, we're going to cover our eighth, our eighth um, value, and I've just given it away, which is responsive. Thank you, Johnny. Constantly responsive and active. Never apathetic and passive to God and his call. And um, so at Family Church, Waterlooville especially, we are a responsive people. Amen. Amen. Oh, no. <laughs> let's try again okay let's just rewind okay we rewound let's try this again at family church waterlooville we are a responsive people amen yes thank you praise god yes thank you jesus right so first we're going to look at a, defi a, di a dictionary definition what does it mean to be responsive it means to react quickly, positively, and enthusiastically. To respond readily and with interest. It's about reacting appropriately or sympathetically. It's about being responsive is about giving a response. It's not necessarily having an opinion. We, how many of us in this room have opinions? <laughs> oh, yes, I see those hands. We're going to pray for you afterwards. <laughs> but I'll, put up, I'll put up both my hands. We are, but that's not being responsive. Being responsive is not being opinionated. You know, what is that T-shirt someone once had? You know, ask me, I've got an opinion on everything or something, something to that effect. But it's not about just being, having an opinion, but it's about being part of the solution. That's what being responsive is. And so if we look at what's the opposite of being responsive... It's apathetic, like we're never apathetic. Mm. Apathetic, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Should it be apathetic or apathetic? But you know what I mean, you know. Cold, this is the opposite to responsive. Insensitive, resistant, sluggish, oof. indifferent, uncaring, heartless, detached, unreceptive, passive. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine, you know, just going down, I just, as I'm reading these words, I just feel myself going down, 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 down. You know, and you think about the COVID lockdown. You know, during the lockdown, we, we, we heard this word how many times, the first time we'd heard it in many, many years, 
unprecedented. Do you remember that word? We still hear it. This is an unprecedented time, you know. But we were in an unprecedented situation where we were locked down for about 16 months in all. That's more or less how long we were, we were told, stay at home. Don't go to school, don't go to work, work from home, and all that type of thing. And I think many people responded in many different ways to the lockdown. Some became couch potatoes, okay? They became sluggish and adopted new behaviors and new habits. And I, I just looked this up this week, you know, there's something about creating a new habit and creating a new habit can take apparently 40 days. It'll take you 20 days to, to let go of the old habit and 20 days to create a new habit. And I can even give a testimony of this. Chris and I have been on diet for two weeks now. I mean, you know, you can tell, you can tell. <laughs> Very brave today, oh my word. But you know what? For, for, for a number of months now, we've got off our diet. We've both gained a little bit of weight. Chris went to the shops yesterday and he automatically went to the pudding section, even though we're on diet. But we haven't had 20 days yet. So he's, you know, we give him a bit of grace. I wasn't with him to steer him away from the pudding department, but he didn't, he didn't give in. Praise God, he, he, he abstained. He was tempted, but he, but he, but he abstained. So we're creating new habits. We're avoiding the pudding department when we're going to the shops because we, it takes 20 days to break that old habit, 20 days to create a new one. And so during lockdown, some people took up new hobbies. Some people learned new languages, new skills, musical instruments. You know, you heard all this great stuff that was going on. Remember Major Tom? He did that walk. Well, Major Tom, yeah, he did that walk. <coughs> and, um, but some people exercised. I remember we were in no, Chichester at the time. We went, we went walking in the fields, constantly exercising. Some people grew in their relationship with God. Some people spent more time in the Word. They studied, they gave themselves to the Word. So, we've been through the last time the lockdowns ended, was actually 17 months ago. It was July 2021. So we've been out of lockdown longer than we were in. So, but some people are still struggling. And I understand that lockdown has had a, a detrimental effect on some people um, uh, psychologically, some people have been impacted mentally, and I understand that. But I'm not talking about that type of a situation. I'm just talking about in general, in general, okay? Some are struggling with apathy, whereas others are rested, recharged, and responsive. So my question to you today is, where are you? What is your position? What position are you in today? Talking about our values. How responsive are you today to God in your walk with God? You know, as children of God, we are called to love God, to worship Him, to love one another, to serve one another. And there's a whole host of things that we could be doing. You know, the Bible says, walk as children of the light. Walk as children of the light. We, we, we're, called, we're called to be the light shining in the darkness. And what's that look like? 
What's it look like to be the light shining in the darkness? You know, I, I don't think it's a matter of us sort of sitting in a little circle, belly button gazing, you know, you light my light, I light your light. And we, we sort of have dewy eyes, watery eyes, looking with love and affection at one another. You know, I don't think that's what the Bible means about a shine, the light shining in the darkness. I believe it means that we are to be responsive to the light, the light of Jesus Christ. Let's be the light. Let us be the light. Let's be, let us represent the light to the darkness, to a lost and dying world. Let us be the darkness. And we're talking about responding. That is a value. What is the value of being the light in the darkness? It has value to yourself. If you are responding to God by being the light, you've received the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's translated you from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love. You are the light of the world in, in Christ, not on your own, in Christ. Okay, so as a response, being responsive to God has value for you, it has value for those around you, it has value to the kingdom of God. Because we're talking about these are our values. This is what's important to us. This is why being responsive is important. It's a value of family church. We're also called to be ambassadors for Christ. Ambassador, an ambassador for Christ means we represent him on this earth. We want to be true representatives of God, of Jesus in this earth. To a lost and we're adding value by representing Jesus. We're also called to love one another, to serve one another. We're called to walk worthy of the gospel, the Apostle Paul says. We, we, we're called to share our faith because there's value in doing these things. So, but in order to do all this, we need to ensure we have an attitude of being responsive. And so my question is, where are you? What position are you in? Are you on the outside looking in? Are you those, are you perhaps one of those still suffering from the post-COVID blues? And I'm talking from a spiritual perspective, that you're feeling lethargic, you're feeling, you're reclining, you're resistant, you're unreceptive. Or are you stuck in the middle? You know what, Jesus says these words in Revelation chapter 3, and they're very profound. Jesus says, he says, I know your works. In other words, you are doing some stuff for me. I know your works, he says, that you're not, but you're neither hot nor cold. He says, I could wish you were cold or hot, but because you're lukewarm, you're lukewarm, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Oh, Lord Jesus have mercy. The message says, it's far better to be either hot or cold. Make a choice. Mm -hmm. Choose this day. Life or death. Blessing or cursing. Choose. Don't be, don't be, don't be in the middle. Lukewarm. He says, but instead he says, you're stale, you're stagnant. And that, that's, not what the, that's not what the kingdom is about. That's not what Jesus is about. Last week we spoke about being spiritual. Remember that we are spiritual people. So we've looked at looking from the outside in. We're looking at maybe 
being lukewarm? Or are you sitting on the edge of the seat? Yeah. And I can see this, the crowd we've got here today, you're sitting on the edge of the seat, you're ready, you're listening, yeah. you're learning, yeah. enthusiastically responding to every move of God in your life. Yeah. Responding to every move. You know, to respond in medical terms, hey, I mean, we've got a medical expert here, Wayne sitting in the second row there. Um, he knows, he, he goes into theater daily, am I right there, Wayne? He goes into theater and he makes sure that they do hip replacements and knee replacements and they have that thing um, that reads the pulse um, in, in theater. And if there's a flat line, that's a problem. The person's gone, you know, so, but, but when there's a pulse, then it means person's responsive. They're responsive even under anesthetic, but there is still a pulse, and that's what we like. We, we don't want a flat line. We don't want to have a beep like that. No pulse, no life. But if you're a child of God, the good news is, like we shared last week, if you're born again, if you're a child of God, the Bible says that the same Spirit who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. The same Spirit who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. You have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit, the power of God. So, We've got no excuse. We were without excuse, aren't we? So what's, what's it look like to be responsive, to being constantly responsive and active? And this isn't about behavior modification. Okay, please understand, this is not a list of do's and don'ts. This is not a list of, well, I was doing this and now I'm gonna, I'm gonna change. No, this is about a heart transformation. So we're going to look at a, um, we're going to start looking at our, our response to God. Okay, our first point is starting with our response to God. We're going to look at Luke 17. <coughs> Sorry. Luke 17. Well-known scripture. It says, Now it happened as he went, that's Jesus, went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. There he goes again. In Samaria, in the enemy territory, the Samaritans and the Jews were opposed to one another politically, religiously. They were not good friends. They weren't good neighbors. But Jesus is walking through Samaria. And as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood far off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Isn't it amazing? These guys, they've got leprosy, they've got a death sentence. Man, if I was one of them, I would be doing exactly the same, and I think everybody else here. We're very quick to say, Lord, have mercy. I need your help. I need your help. But when, and then God comes through, but let's be just as vocal when he does come through. Lord, you've done this in my life. You know, the Bible says that they overcome by the, by, the word of, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Yeah. By the word of their testimony. There's power in hearing somebody's testimony. Yes. It's a, something that is spoken. This is what God has done in my life. And ladies, we're in for an awesome time next Saturday. We've got Nayotu from Zambia. We're flying her in. No, I lie. She's actually living in the UK at the moment. But she's got an amazing testimony of what God has done in her life. You're going to be blessed beyond measure. But there's something about the power of our testimony. But anyway, so back to our story. So 10 men who were lepers stood afar off and they lifted up their voices. Jesus, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, 
Go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned. And there he goes with a loud voice. He glorified God. Yes, thank you, Jesus. And he fell down on his face at his feet. Look at that posture. Look at his posture. He fell down on his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? One translation says, but the nine are where? Where are the nine? Only one. Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner, the Samaritan? And he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. There's so much in this, you know. So they were all in need, and I've shared about that, that they were all given the death sentence. But it's amazing how a group of people came together. They were actually foes, you know, politically separated, religiously separated, and yet when they had something in common, they came together. They, had a, they all had a common cause. Each one of them had leprosy. But God says, Jesus says to them, go show yourselves to the priest. So that were under, new, under old covenant, that would be the way the, the priest would declare if someone was healed of, of um, leprosy. But a Samaritan was not a Jew. So, but the Samaritan went with the Jews. They all went to, to go show themselves to the priest. And as they all went, they were all healed. But only the one came, and that was the Samaritan. He came back, and Jesus says, but is this the only one? The other nine are where? The other nine, they were, they were probably most likely all Jews. And yet they just carried on with their journey. And you know what I love, though, is the goodness and the mercy and the kindness of God. Is that they, they didn't, the nine, didn't come back to give thanks to God, to give thanks to Jesus. And Jesus didn't revoke the healing in those nine. They kept their healing. You know, I think Chris quoted it this morning, that God, he, he reigns on the just and the unjust. God is good to all. God is good to all. I heard an account about a tree, part of a tree falling down outside the school the other day, where previously there was, there was a bunch of kids, it was little Findlay school, there were a bunch of kids and parents in this area at the school. Lots of people. And suddenly there were no people. And part of this tree just came crashing down when there was no one there. And I think, of the goodness of God, you know, whether those people knew him or didn't know him, he protected. He protected them. And I just think, praise God, you know. So, um, being thankful. What happened there? The Samaritan came back to Jesus and he responded. He was thankful. Unexpressed gratitude can be interpreted by the other person as ingratitude. We shared this over the summer. Unexpressed gratitude can be interpreted by the other person as ingratitude. And I think Jesus experienced this firsthand. Only one came to say thank you. And he was saying, but where's the other nine? It's unexpressed gratitude. Weren't they grateful? Weren't they thankful? They got given freedom from this death sentence. So just as a, as a, a little aside with this, you know what, we've got to learn to express our thankful thoughts. Let's learn to express our thankful thoughts. Let's learn to say thank you. You know what, I'm gonna say thank you church today for yeah, being here today. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Thank you for 
taking the effort. And for those, especially that we're doing Pilates and things on the floor, and I don't want to go there now, but, but thank you. But thank you to everybody who has come out today. You know what, the expression of gratitude is more important than the emotion of it. The expression of it. We can feel grateful, but let's express it. Hey, gratitude, it's a language of the heart. And I love that account because in that account, that Samaritan guy, the one that was one of the ten that were healed, he fell down at his feet. He fell down at Jesus' feet, worshipping him, giving him thanks, that Samaritan guy. His position, his response was obvious. So, I don't know where I am. <laughs> Did I say 1 Thessalonians 5? Did I give that, that scripture? You got it. 1 Thessalonians 5, okay, back to be giving thanks. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, in everything, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And I, I sent out a little text this week, and I felt it was so profound. It said, just because God is silent in one area doesn't mean he's silent in every area. And this is something that I'm learning I'm really, I'm sometimes a little bit slow in learning this, but sometimes, you know, I think our attention is taken, it's like, God, this is the thing I'm praying about. This is, I need answer now. I've been praying about this for five years, or five days, or five weeks, or five months. I've been praying, 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 but I don't see your hand at work. But you know what? God is at work. It's not that he can't do it, but sometimes things are going on behind the scenes. Sometimes other people are involved in the move of God, and God doesn't override anybody's will. But sometimes God is at work doing something else. Let's not, <laughs> let's not ignore what he is doing. And just keep looking for what, but I want this answered. And I want it answered now. No, let's be thankful. In all things, he says, in everything give thanks. So are you thankful for your physical life? You know, last night, we helped a lady. And I'm not saying this for anybody's... This person was homeless, um, had nowhere to stay, and we took care of her. And it just, but it just made me realize, God, I'm thankful for my home. We've got a roof over our head. We have a vehicle to get here. We don't have to walk 20 minutes. We can drive. We're here in two minutes. We've got a vehicle. We've got food in our fridge. We've got too much food. You know, come on, we, let's be thankful for what we do have. Mm. What about your family, your finances? You've got, you've got a bank, even if it's very little in the bank, you know, but there's something there. You've got some kind, some form of, even if it's a benefit, but you've got some form of income. You've got clothing, mm -hmm. you know. I noticed Chris has got a new shirt on today. Praise God for that. You know, but we're thankful. Mm -hmm. What about giving thanks for our country? What about giving thanks for our abilities, for our gifting that God has placed in each one of us? So we're going to, we're going to start off with responding to God. They're going to have grateful hearts. Is that okay so far? So far, so good. Okay, good. You're still with me, and I better hurry up. Next, we're going to respond to the Word. Respond to the Word of God. Don't just look at your Bible, watching, you know, having it on the side of the couch or on the wherever, collecting dust, and, oh, I feel so bad, I've not been into the Word this week. Get rid of guilt, okay? We don't do guilt. Yeah. Bible says there's no condemnation. Yes. But the Bible says, 
Study to show yourself approved, a workman who rightly can divide the word of truth. Come on, let's get into the word of God. Let's, but let's open it. Let's read it. Don't try and read it all in one sitting. Just bite-sized pieces, but get into the word. Respond to the word of God. Allow God to speak into your life through the word, through the word of God. You know, I think of the account of Mary, this 13-year-old woman, teenager, 14-year-old, the mother of Jesus. When, when, when the angel of the Lord appears and says, Mary, the, the, the shadow of the Most High is going to overshadow you and you're going to be conceive the Son of God in your womb. Those aren't the exact words. It's a sandy paraphrase. And Mary's response, let it be to me according to your word surrender, responsive. She could have said, but Lord, no, I'm only a teenager. This is going to be bad for me. I'm going to fall pregnant outside of wedlock. But she didn't. She said, let it be to me according to your word. Let it, let's, let's have a heart like Mary. Let's respond to the word. So when the word says, uh, don't be double-minded, oh, okay, or it says, forgive one another, or it says, serve one another or love one another. Let's do that. Let it be to me according to your word, Lord. Another account of this so much. <laughs> um, Mary and Martha. Remember the account? Mary and Martha are, uh, uh, in um, Bethany. And um, Jesus comes to visit. Martha gets busy, busy, busy serving Jesus, serving God and serving Jesus, and she says, you know, Lord, don't you care that I'm busy serving and Mary's doing nothing? What, what does uh, Jesus says to her? Martha was rushing about in Luke chapter 10. The Bible says, but Mary also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Mary also sat. She, so, in other words, she was doing something else. So, she was serving, but she also Set. It's not either or. Yes. It's both. Yes. Okay. Can I? Can can we stretch a little bit here? It's not. Well, I'm going to study and show myself approved, a workman rightly dividing the word of truth. Yeah. That's it. Uh, I'm going to go lock myself away, and that's what I'm going to do. No. Guess what? <laughs> it doesn't work like that. You know, it's good. It's good for me, but I need to do the word. But I need to respond to the word as well. I can serve and I can get into the Word. So let's respond to the Word. James chapter 1, verse 21, just one section says, receive with meekness the implanted Word. And it goes on to say, which is able to save your soul. Your spirit is saved. If you've given your life to Jesus, your spirit is saved. You have eternity with Jesus Christ for all eternity. But it's the soul, the mind, the will, the emotions is messed up. It's messed up, and I know. But the Bible says, receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. The word of God will help save your soul. It will help save your soul. But we've got to receive with meekness. Like Mary, let it be to me according to your word. I surrender, Lord. You're an act of humility. It's surrender. So 
That's how we respond to God. We respond to the word. And now I'm going to go one step further. Responding to the preached word. That was responding to the written word. Responding to the preached word. Let's keep an open heart. Remember last week, we gave the account of being, talking about being spiritual. And um, in, in Acts 13, Paul and Barnabas were preaching in Antioch. And they were preaching to the Jews in the, in the, in the temple. And the, 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 um, the Gentiles heard what was going on. And they came, and you can read about this in Acts 13. They begged. <laughs> they begged Paul and Barnabas, you've got to come and preach to us next week. They the Bible says they begged them to come back next week and preach to the Gentiles. And what was the result? The following week, almost the whole city came to hear the preached word. What's your position? <laughs> What's your response to the word on a Sunday? You know what? I love church. I absolutely love church and I love what we do. I love fellowship teas and coffees. But do you, when you leave here, do you have any takeaways? You're not, not, not talking about cake, okay? <laughs> There's always plenty of that. But do you have any takeaways from the Sunday message? Do you have any, have you written anything down? Do you remember, although I've reminded you now, what last Sunday's message was about? Virtual. Thank you, yes. <laughs> because I've, I've told you, I've dropped, off, dropped enough hints. But have you gone over it? Have you written anything? I'm going to challenge Family Church Waterlooville. Make notes. I almost brought in a pile of notebooks that I have at home and of notes that I have written from the day I got saved to today. Books and books and books. And you know what? And you think, well, yeah, then they just collect dust and what's the point of that? Do you know what? I went back yesterday and I went back to the 1990s and I read some of the messages that I sat under whether it doesn't matter who the person was or the people were, but God was speaking to me. God, and I didn't know it at the time. But when I look back on my, on my notes, I see the, the footprint of God all over from 1991 to 2022. I see the footprint of God in my life. And all throughout those messages, I can pick up any one of those notebooks and God will speak to me through them. Because it's the same message. It, constant. There's a thread through all those 31 years of God speaking to me. I want to challenge you. Bring pen. Bring notepad. Write things down. You know, you never know when God's going to speak to you. But if we... God can speak to us. And he will speak to us. He's not trying to not speak to us. He's trying to make himself clear. But sometimes... We hear from God. We don't realize we're hearing from God. And we let it go. And you lose it. You lose it. But if you've written it down, just put the date, just write down. Scribble. You know, this is what I feel. Whatever. Just whatever jumps off the message or off the page or whatever. Write it down. Sometimes even lyrics from a song. I think, oh, that's brilliant. Write it down. Just write down. But you never... You, you, there's value in this. Yeah. We're talking about the value, the value of the word. 
there's a song by a guy, I can't remember his name, he sings about, I see the evidence of the Lord in my life. I see the, I see the evidence of God in my life. There's evidence of God in all our lives. We're workmanship. And, you know, God is at work in our lives, but there's evidence. But the more we respond to him, the more, the more he pours into us. He's looking for empty vessels that he can just fill. He's, it's nothing wrong with being empty. Just ask God for me. For me afresh. I need a fresh touch from you. So, is that okay? You're going to come back next week still. You're going you're to bring half a city with you. Praise God. So we're going to respond to God. We're going to respond to the word. We're going to respond to the preached word, the written word. We're going to respond in worship. I'm not going to touch on it because Pastor Stu will be here next week. And we all know we're going to raise our hands. We're going to surrender. We're going to sing. We're going to worship God. There's no better person to teach on worship than Pastor Stu. He is a worshiper. He's not a performer. He's a worshiper. He's wonderful. So I'm I'm going to leave it to him. He's going to do an awesome job. And then we're also going to respond to God and his call, responding to his call. You know what? I'm so grateful for our senior pastors, Pastor Andy and Gina Elms. 25 years ago, they formed Family Church down in Portsmouth. They responded to the call of God in their lives. And as a result of that, thousands of people have been impacted by the gospel, whether it's, uh, the, whether it's salvations, mostly salvations, he's got a strong evangelistic um, uh, put, uh, call. But, but, but whether it's through that, whether it's through Baby Basics, whether it's through Food Bank, whether it's through whatever the, the outreach might be in Portsmouth and beyond, Gosport, Waterside, Philippines, Haven't, Waterlooville. You know, who would have guessed that we would have had almost 600 people in the hall over the last nine months watching a movie. That now they know who we are. Yeah. Not just who we are, but who, but they know there's a person behind Family Church. His name's Jesus. Yeah. Okay, but, we, but it's a slow process, but we're getting there. Mm-hmm. But we're making an impact. But it goes back to the call of God on Pastor Andy and Gina. Mm-hmm. It goes back to them. It goes for us. It was under Ray McCauley in South Africa. It was that call that God placed in our hearts. But what's God saying to you? It's not just for a few. There's a call for each one of us. And we look at the Bible. We see so many different characters in the Bible of people who are called by God. We see some that run away from the call. Look at Jonah. Ran away. Go to Nineveh. No, he's going to go Tarshish. He'll go the opposite direction. God calls him. No, I'm going this way. Moses, he ran away for a season. He ran away, but he did come back. Remember, he, after he killed the Egyptian. So we, we're not going to be like Jonah. In another book of the Bible, in Isaiah, we, God says this word in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. He says, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Capital U, plural, the Trinity. Who shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah says these words, here I am. Send me. Send me. Send me, Lord. What if God said that to you today? What if God said, whom shall I send? What would your response be? You know, he's not asking you to go to the Ukraine. He's not asking you to go to China 
Well, maybe he is. You know, I'm, 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 I'm not his spokesperson in that sense. You know, but maybe he is. But where God guides, he provides, and is a grace for the race that he calls you to. He's not going to send you somewhere that you hate, that you despise, that you just, there's no joy in it. He will send you where there's a joy, where there's a grace, where there's, uh, there's life. That's where he will send you. So we respond to the call of God, first and foremost, to the local church. For us, we are committed, I don't know if you know this, but 125% to Family Church Waterlooville. We are committed to you. We are committed to the people, even the ones that aren't here today, a few sick and whatnot, but we are committed. This is, this is we live, sleep, eat, talk, dream church. Not just church, people. Pray, talk, constantly. This is, and the reason why I say that, the reason why we do it is because we know that God has got a plan and a purpose for this church. God has got a plan and a purpose for this church. And we exist first and foremost for the members of this church. That's first and foremost. Whether we're meeting spiritual needs, emotional needs, physical needs, we will do what we can to meet needs. We want, but we want to see. We want to see marriages restored. We want to see relationships re restored, relationships built. We want to see children growing up in the knowledge of God. Yes, come on. I watched some children today with their eyes closed. Mm. Worshipping God. It's awesome. So, we, we, we exist, we respond to the call of God in our, local com, in our local church, but also within the community. Within the community, oh, sorry, no, I want to take a step back. I know I've run out of time, just give me a little bit of grace, okay, because I really, I really want to emphasize some stuff here. We desire to see a community of believers, that's us, who love each other, who serve one another, who pray for one another who enjoy fellowship with one another. But we cannot do it alone. We cannot do this alone. We need help, okay? There, I said it, we need help. So I want you to look at your neighbor now, your first choice, and look at your neighbor and say, we need you, I need you. Look at your neighbor and say, I need you. <laughs> now look at your second choice, your other neighbor. <laughs> That was, I need you, I need you. We need people who will respond to the call of God to step up and to commit to follow through. I promise you it is not a life sentence. I can promise you, but my question is, how about serving in kids' church? Come on, we've got Alice in kids' church, the poor woman, she's just joined us. There you go, your DBS checked, you're in. Roz, uh, she's in her 70s. She serves the kids in kids' church. Amy, um, off sick today, first time. Yeah. Uh, has your mom ever missed church for sickness? No, we'll pray for Amy. But Amy, eh, she's so diligent. But we can't do it alone. But we're not asking you to come week in, week out. We don't want anybody in there more than once a month. Not more than once a month. How about boiling a ke kettle? Ooh. Um, anybody know how to boil a kettle? Mm -hmm. no, Chris, put your hand up. Oh, I see those hands. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Once a month. Come in at 
quarter to ten in boiled kettles. It takes four kettle loads to make tea for everybody, and there's a special little art and knack to the coffee making process, but once a month. How about set up? Once a month. John is here, week in, week out, doing Pilates on the floor, setting up. And Wayne, <laughs> how about packing away? The stuff needs to go somewhere into that cupboard after the service, just once a month. We're not asking what you can't do. We're asking what you can do. And we are grateful for those that serve. Will you just bring up some of those photos, Johnny? And I want you to listen to me. Look at this. This is Alice. She was up until 1 a.m. No, she was up until 2 a.m., but the clocks went back. So praise God, God helped her with an extra hour's sleep. That's Kids Church today. That's, she was up all night doing this. Look at this. Because we, we don't celebrate Halloween. We, 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 we are children of light. This is a house of light. I love this. But all that she's prepared, look at this, for kids today. And you know what she did? She was, I was speaking to her before the service, and she said she was asking God throughout the week, Lord, give me help. I don't know what to do. And that's all we need to do is ask. Look at this. Anesu, 10. 10 years old, going on 11. 10 years old, setting up. Look at his. He's, he's like a... He's on, his, on his knees. There's Andrew. There's John. There's Chris. <laughs> But that's what it looks like, setting up. There's Roz in kids' church. I want you to hear what my heart is. There's Andrew out there, rain or, sh or, sh or rain or shine, putting out the banners. Maybe this isn't Chris and Sandy asking you. Maybe this is God asking you. What if? What if it's God? What if it's God that's nudging? Whatever, look at the, this was this morning. This was this morning. This lady arrived. What can I do, Sandy? Yeah. And she set up the teas and the coffees that we're all going to enjoy in a minute. What an awesome woman this is. But look at Johnny. Look at that cool, trendy guy. Look at that. I mean, that is an awesome photo. Hey, look at that. He says, look, I don't know what all these buttons are for. He actually said those words. I don't know what all these buttons are Oh, Oh, was he? Good. But, but this, is it. this is the local church. You know, let's be responsive. Let's be responsive. Please don't feel manipulated. Okay, if you do, please just ignore it, okay? But I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. But what if it is God that's asking you, what can you do? Are you going to be a Jonah or are you going to be an Isaiah? Here I am, Lord. Here I am. I won't cover the community. We've done that in the vision offering. But I will just end with, what's your posture? Constantly responding and active, never apathetic and passive to God and his call. And Romans chapter 12 in the message says, he sa he, it explains it so well. He says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Amen. Amen. Amen.